0: Alan Mead is a dentist with too much time on his hands and too much recording equipment in his basement. Armed with an obsession to bring entertaining and informative content to the dental world in a way that's never been done before, I give you the Alan Mead Experience. Hello and welcome to... The inaugural episode of the Alan Mead Experience. I'm your host, Alan Mead, dentist, podcaster, and third time as Sexiest Man Alive in People Magazine. I'd like to introduce to you my co-host for the inaugural episode, Dr. Sean Vandeviver. Welcome, Sean.
1: Hello, hello,
0: the second sexiest man. I know, right? I. It's tough because the competition is not even... Kind of nothing. Three years after a while, it doesn't mean as much the third time around. I don't know. I just, sometimes you just have to give up on those things. So how are you today?
1: Uh, Sick as a dog. How are you?
0: I'm not sick as a dog. So uh, apparently I am better. I'm sorry that you're sick as a dog. Seems like my co-hosts on these podcasts generally are sick all the time. I wonder if that says something about me. I don't know if you know this.
1: I have four kids, four, three, two, and one. Mm-hmm. And
0: I did one know of that. Them gets, when it was one literally of them gets, it was literally the punchline of the entire Voices of Dentistry meeting, but go ahead.
1: Um When one of them gets sick, you know, <laughs> all of them get sick. And I've got a pretty good immune system. I get sick maybe once a year, and uh, this is that one time. So when you in do it year. when you
0: do it, you do it right, is what yeah, you saying. Yeah, when you
1: do it, yeah. Go big or go home. That's right, right
0: you don't mess around. Four kids, huh? Yeah. So did you figure awesome. out after the third one what causes that? I'm just curious. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, we did. Um, not you know, sure yet. This, there's this time delay in between cause and effect. Yeah, and I know.
0: I know how that it, works. It, it
1: takes a while. Yeah. I'm slow. I'm slow. That's,
0: so, and in, in, if I'm not mistaken, they're all they're like all five and under or something. Is that right?
1: Yeah, four, three, two, and one. Four, three, two, and one. Oh my yeah. gosh!
0: You are a committed man. You really are, or you should be committed, or something like that.
1: Yes, I. That, that's. Yeah, I'm, it's I mean, not, it's not with
0: nice. them that close together, though, there's got to be like you don't really have to. You only have to buy clothes for one of them because you can just kind of push them down the line. Right. I mean, that's kind of a good.
1: Oh, yeah. we Never buy clothes. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs> I have to say the, the best thing is, too, is if you have older cousins that you can get hand-me-downs. I don't think we've bought clothing, clothing for our children ever. So it's been, yeah. it's been great. Be the last one in your family to have kids. Works out awesome. So, Sean, I want you to tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you? What's your store? You're you're in the same state that I am. Where do you live?
1: Uh, I live in a little area uh, northeast of Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, about an hour and a half. Uh, it's called Romeo, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an excellent peach festival in the summer.
0: All right, um, <laughs> a peach festival. I didn't. I mean, I honestly didn't realize that Michigan would have peach festivals. That's kind of. Oh, cool. you got to
1: come down for it. It's peach ice cream. I'm a huge. Tea, I, mean, fan.
0: I'm, I mean, I will say, huge fan of peach. Like if you if you ask me what kind of pie I want, I want peach pie. Simple as that. That's it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I tell you there is a festival just devoted to that.
0: I love that. <laughs> so and you you are a multiple practice owner, is that correct? Yes. Uh I have two practices.
1: I have one um that's uh in Royal Oak, Michigan, uh mm-hmm. just north of Detroit about 20 minutes north of Detroit. Um and that's kind of an established practice and then I have a startup practice that I that I uh, opened about a year ago uh, closer to me. So when I moved out to Romeo. It's about a 40-minute drive to Royal Oak. And so uh, I said, man, I need to get a, a closer place. And this building became available. It was a previous dental office and had all the, had all the ops and the uh, plumbing and stuff. So um, it, was a, it seemed like a good opportunity. Okay, That's-
0: so I, I picked up a bunch of your gear when, we went, when I was driving down to the Voice of Dentistry meeting. Um, Sean is one of the principal founders of the voices of dentistry so you've heard him before uh on the dental hacks podcast but my question is i picked up a bunch of gear about four o'clock in the morning uh i can't even remember was i was i at practice one or practice two where was i
1: oh you were at practice two
0: okay that was the startup okay yeah it is i mean it's it's a good it's a good uh i mean i i um i hope you don't mind me saying this but i kind of went and i stole some toothbrushes and i uh no i'm kidding yeah, no, I, but I was able to kind of check it out. So yes, it is. It's cool. So that's what a startup looks like. How about that?
1: Did you stick them up your butt and then take a picture of it <laughs> and then, yeah, it was, and then leave mean, them there for yeah, when they're for the next
0: person? Be, yeah. That's an urban legend. That never really happens.
1: <laughs> yeah, started by. Hmm?
0: I I do have to say that I um I to put this to put this gently I used your facilities. I will say that. I, I had had coffee on the way down. So I, I was able to, uh, I loaded your gear and then I, I took a little break and then I left. So,
1: First you loaded and then, yeah, then and you And then unloaded. I unloaded.
0: Yes, exactly. So, but, uh, okay. So <laughs> that's that's kind of cool. So here's what I'm going to do. I want to hear a little bit about uh, a day in the life of Sean Vandeviver. The Alan Mead Experience Fly on the Wall. All right. So I'm a fly on the wall in your life, in your practice. Tell me about what it, where do you where do you work and who works? Do you work both practices? Do you have an associate? Do you tell me how it works? I want to know everything. Uh,
1: so I get up. Uh, well, you got to start at the end of the day. So I go to bed about eight o'clock. He does the kids. It's true. Uh So, yeah. So don't text me after 8 p.m. You're not getting a response. Um, so I get up about 445. I leave my house about six o'clock and then i listen to podcasts um if i go to my royal Nerd. oak practice yeah if i go to my royal oak practice it's about a 40 minute drive so i get there about you know 6:45 okay open the place up so i can get some paperwork done or um website stuff i do a lot of website stuff a lot of internet stuff mm-hmm. and uh yeah i have two associates um, oh okay i'm trying to get that. out of I, you know I, I i have one associate because i couldn't i couldn't work I want to keep the office open 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't stay late all the time. So I got one associate. And then I said, man, I, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays, I need someone here. Well, I may as well hire another associate. So I have two associates basically running the, the Royal Oak practice so I can focus on implants and Invisalign and just the fun stuff. Um, and now I'm getting into the 3D printing and stuff and um, the digital workflow, digital treatment planning. But That's, then I got other businesses that I'm starting too, so sure. I'm like constantly doing that. Sure. So, so uh, you, I
0: mean, how much dentistry are you doing? Like, are you you work five? You work kind of crazy hours in your office. Like, how many days do you work um, in in practice one, and how many days do you work in practice two? Um, I work two days in practice one
1: and two days in practice two.
0: Okay. You so, know,
1: when I got when I've got two associates there, I'll, I'll take a, day, a Monday off. Or imagine that. Uh, and a Thursday off. So sometimes I'll work, sometimes I'll work one day a week okay. because it just works out that I don't have a stacked schedule. I like to be busy when I'm there. So
0: Oh, that's that's cool. So you you basically have built it. I I want to know the mindset though of the two practice owner cuz I talk Jason talks about this and, and I can never really get it out of him. Like I mean both practices are not are they always open all the time or not really?
1: No. No, my practice two, I'm the only guy there, mm-hmm. so it's only open Wednesdays and Fridays. Okay. Um, but practice one is open four days a week. Okay, so that's
0: closer it. That's closer to a conventional kind of thing. I always wonder, yeah. do, patients, do patients mention the idea that your your hours are limited? Is that, that Honestly, it that seems to be my hang-up with the idea of multiple practices because there's a certain amount of you just can't be in two places at once that gets to me.
1: You know, I, I thought that in the beginning, but when you really push a patient to say, like, what day can you come in, Wednesday or Friday, and then they say Tuesday, say, we're not here on Tuesday, then they just say, oh, okay, well, this Wednesday or this Friday. So it's not that, it's really not that big a deal. I think that's a barrier that we set up for ourselves.
0: I, I wondered about that. I've I've often wondered about that because, like, you know, our other primary in the Voices of Dentistry, like, <laughs> he's got 10 practices. Clearly, he's not working in all of them. So, I mean, and I don't know that. I don't know. I'm just so hung up on the idea of conventional hours, and I'm not sure exactly why I am. It's weird.
1: Yeah, I you know, and I started it with uh, Great Lakes Dentistry. I didn't start it with Dr. Vandeviver, mm-hmm. and I think practices that once you start growing, once you start growing to an un, a single doctor unmanageable size, or you want to cut back your hours or bring on an associate, if you have your name in the business, I think it's kind of I think it's kind of harder to do that because then patients say, "Hey, where's Dr. Smith? I'm at Smith Dental." yeah um you know that's my dentist not you know i've often thought about game. that
0: I've, I because my my office is mead family dental oh yeah that's right and and, and i mean i unfortunately i did that early on and that's what i did and i thought to myself man if i ever transition out or if i ever you know i don't i don't have the ambition to open a second practice but there's been times when i've i've wanted because i have a 40 minute commute most of the, i think podcasts like you said have sort of saved me that's actually something i value now you know like i kind of enjoy the drive and stuff but if it ever got to got to me, you know, there's certainly towns between here and there that I could open up in if I wanted to, but I don't think that, I don't have the ambition to do that now, but maybe someday, and I'm like, man, I've kind of blown it, because we've done all the optimization, the name, everything like that is stuck to my name, which is sort of a drag, you know, that's where, I don't know, I oftentimes wonder if I should switch it now, even though I'm not going to do anything with it, so, so it's ready if I ever wanted to. What do you think about that?
1: Um, you know, there's this book that um, I think, Peter Bolden had recommended yeah. I, I haven't read it um but you know he he in his his story is uh 2015 was a really bad year and 2016 was a really breakout year for him and the mentality shift for him was um reading a book i think it was called built to sell mm-hmm. and if you just think about it like what's the what's the end game what's eventually going to happen is you're going to have to sell your business to someone or just walk away from it and not get any money so if you think of it from the mindset of eventually you're going to have to leave your practice well what is that going to look like and if it means changing the name why wait
0: why you know, delay that i it is funny too because that also that also could guide the way you like add technology to your office and stuff like that. I sometimes, okay, you know, everyone kind of knows that I use microscopes a lot in my office and I like that. But I think to myself, that's not for everyone, you know, and I've, I've kind of, I've kind of of gone big with the whole microscope thing in that, you know, like the value that I put in those is not necessarily the value that someone coming up to buy my practice would see. So am I going to end up with four microscopes in my barn and a significantly smaller (laughs) purchase price? Maybe, I don't know. It's an interesting thing, like, versus, you know, uh, an intraoral well, you could scanner. Say that,
1: you could say that about anything. You know, I have um, multiple CEREC machines, and so I've got two practices with two CEREC machines. So if someone buys them and say, well, I don't want the CEREC, okay, well, Yeah, that I guess
0: that's true, but I think CEREC, yeah. CEREC is, yeah, I suppose what happens is you get negotiated down one way or the other. But CEREC is a more widely used and understood technology than... Microscopes are definitely a, a, a niche thing, you know, and that's okay, too. I just, yeah. it's interesting... I mean, like, but I have a uh, an internal scanner, and I'm pretty sure that wouldn't be a hard thing to sell along with the practice. You know, um, I don't know, just interesting stuff.
1: Yeah, I, I think one of the one of the things I do have that's very valuable that no one knows how to use is a is a T Scan three. Interesting. I, I actually have three of them. Okay. Um, I got them on eBay. Someone was selling them. They, just, I, <laughs> I, I, I paid. I paid two hundred bucks for each one, um, and these things <laughs> are like thousands dollars—seven thousand dollars. $7, oh my gosh! I I, I paid six hundred dollars for three T Scan threes. Did the, you ever the, get the you know, story
0: behind who was selling them?
1: No, I think they were they were a dentist who bought the practice.
0: And he didn't know what they were, didn't, yeah, okay. didn't know what they were, so he okay. put
1: them up on eBay.
0: Okay, those are uh, basically the those are those are digital bite paper, right? Isn't that the thing? It's a little yeah. horseshoe thing, and it tells you where you're yeah. heavy and stuff.
1: But it's it's also dynamic. It's not stat. It'll show you a movie of your occlusion, mm-hmm. so um, pressure points and things like that. That's but like something-
0: the most boring movie ever. Just you know, yeah. wow. Like, but
1: it's 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 pretty amazing. Um, the sensitivity for it is pretty. Is it really?
0: Yeah. So so tell cool. me how you're using that on a daily basis. That's very- oh, I, no. I honestly have never. T- oh, <laughs> you're I just, not.
1: I just, I just I just said I had it.
0: Yeah. Okay. But that's
1: one of the things where if someone comes and buys my practice, they and I can say you know I've got <laughs> I've this got as three T well.
0: scan units. You have to oh you go great. in the back room and blow the dust off them and you have to polish yeah. them up so they don't realize that they're not but being they are, used every day they
1: are they are really nice for um adjusting occlusion it's gotten me out of some some
0: so you do okay so you do use them sometimes then
1: yeah yeah yeah.
0: like are they are they USB or do you have to plug them into a uh, I mean like U- how do you use them
1: USB it's it, it's like a long USB cable that's uh it looks like a stud finder kind it does it's
0: exactly what it looks, it looks like, like with a little finder. horseshoe on the end of it yeah
1: yeah, and then you put this piece of um, this special horseshoe articulating paper in that's got a circuit board embedded in it. Yep, and the paper just bites down on that.
0: And it and it and it actually shows you what it shows you the where they're hitting heavy where and so you can you can strive for even all the way around if you want to or whatever.
1: The idea, and so when you look at this horseshoe and this giant red column, is at number two. You say, okay, well that's where I have to adjust is uh, number two. And That's then cool. you adjust it, you have them bite down again. And, oh, that you can see that that column, they're not biting as hard in that exact spot.
0: So OK, OK. You know, it's
1: away from, the, um, you know, some people say, well, it's been shown that the um, size, uh, size and intensity of articulating paper marks is not indicative of.
0: Uh, no, here's the rule, though. Force. OK, here's the thing. Here's the rule. I've got, I've got the secret to articulating paper. Everyone get your pen, pencils and paper out. This is the greatest thing ever. So uh, it really doesn't matter what marking paper you use. I think a lot of people have their favorites. I tend to, especially when I'm getting, if it's, if it's a single crown, single unit crown, or a relatively basic one, I use pretty thick. I think I use some pretty thick Bosch paper. I, I don't know exactly. I'll get those marks. I'll get it pretty close. Then I whip out the 8-micron shim stock. So shim stock tells you when you need to adjust, and the paper tells you where you need to adjust. Right, so if you're holding shim stock on the tooth in front and back of this thing, or if you're holding across the arch, you're not far. You're pretty darn close. Eight microns will slip out of almost any contact. So use the shim stock once you think you're pretty close, and if you're not, if you're still holding, you go back and use the paper. And honest to God, I have way, way less like post op adjustments for crowns after. Really instituting those two things, like you kind of you kind of bring it in with the paper, and then you test it with the shim stock, and then and the other thing is to get a good mark. When you're not getting a good mark, use a Kleenex. I know that's super scientific, but Kleenex. I, we actually will have.
1: Oh, to dry the tooth off.
0: Yes, to dry you. You can't dry tooth any better than a friggin' Kleenex. What's up with that? So we actually have an articulating holder with Kleenex on it, and then we switch over to the paper, <laughs> and then we switch over to the shim stock. I use three of these things. It's like juggling. It's oh perfect. my gosh! But it, but honestly. It's it, it sounds like a lot but it's quick because you're like you know when you need to adjust and when you don't. I love that. It is not a T-scan. I will say that. It does not have a USB cable anywhere on it, but it seems to work really well. So there you go.
1: Wait, so you're telling me I don't need to spend thousands of dollars?
0: I mean, no. You uh, yes. Yes, I'm telling you that, but of course you should spend <laughs> thousands of dollars because Cuz I want to. <laughs> exactly. Cuz gadgets uh, that is how it is for me too, by the way. Like, did I need um <laughs> did I need microscope no number 3 and 4? Probably not. I mean, I, yeah. What is need, right? Do I need? Do I need to that's, be able to mill crowns I mean, in my office? I don't know. I, I, I want I'm to. Into, uh,
1: I'm getting into uh, 3D printing now, mm-hmm. and and uh, I tell you, I got one, and I'm like, wow, this is so amazing. I just bought another one, so I I have two 3D printers now, and um. So just, are they at your office? That, that's or at, at home? it's like, so cool.
0: Okay, so Corey Glenn has has he's really the big printer guy, but he's got the big jewel printer at his office and he's this is the greatest thing ever he's got a freaking webcam on it so he can he can monitor the print which because the printing takes a while he can monitor the printing from home i think that is the like and if he tells some if there's been an error or something like that he can know and if he has a surgical case next morning he can run into the office and and restart it or whatever i think that's freaking brilliant by the way
1: yeah so i've got two form two printers Mm -hmm. and uh, i've actually got the same thing i've got a webcam on them and um uh there's actually a remote button pusher that I have, uh, of course so, you do, because you it doesn't it's it's hooked up to the internet so you can see when there's a print error or something. Yeah. Um, but to actually start a print, you cannot do that just from the internet. You actually have to physically push a
0: push a button. So of course you need a robot. <laughs> so I've got a little robot button pusher. It's called a microbot. Oh my gosh, um, this is this um, is this is actually a thing that it, it's an accessory for the Form Two essentially.
1: No, no, no! It's on Amazon. Um, it's a it's called a microbot. Um, it just it just pushes a button. <laughs> oh my and, gosh! Uh, and it's like for Bluetooth. So if coming you're, in twenty
0: eighteen, like, the the digital robot dentist.
1: So, uh, yeah. So I I can um, go on the internet and say, oh yeah, push the button, microbot, and it and there's a little servo motor on a little pad, and it pushes the button, oh my and then gosh. it starts.
0: So. Uh, that's that is that's pretty awesome. I. I yeah.
1: Oh so I, I have one I so I have one printer at the Royal Oak office and one printer at the Shelby office. Nice. And because those the the prints, I mean, the models, um I printed out some models yesterday and uh those took about nine hours, mm-hmm. ten hours. So they finished at, you know, four in the morning.
0: Yeah. So you're you're using it mostly to print models? Or are you are you doing guides? Are you doing all that stuff?
1: Well, I, I I yeah, I am and I'm trying to get it to where I can just do You know, have no alginate, no PVS, and no stone, and no mixing bowls, and no plaster trap in Mm -hmm. my office.
0: Mm -hmm. That'd be that'd be cool. I, you know, and the other thing is, there's nothing worse than pouring a model and thinking you did a great job and having a void. You know, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that like the printers don't print voids, right? Unless you program that into it, just for old times' sake, put a big old void in there just so you feel better about it. I'm serious, like the. I keep thinking I've you know I've been doing this long enough I should we should be able to get a pour without a void but man even especially if you're doing polyvinyl oh what a nightmare
1: you get perfect you get perfect models I can store all your model store all your ortho models digitally it's just it's cleaner easier more organized
0: that's cool okay so I want to switch switch gears here because you've talked about I mean you you're basically working two offices pretty regularly you're it sounds like you try in the in the Royal Oak office you're you try and uh, if you will, this is maybe you skim the good stuff and your associates are doing the less good stuff or is it? You can...
1: No. So um, uh, Tarun Agarwal, T-Bone, you know, when mm-hmm. he said oh, uh, 2017, I'm not going to do any fillings. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? That's um, I don't like that either. That's my rule. I'm not going to waste my time doing an occlusal filling. And I'm not saying I'm not going to take care of patients, but. I'm. You know, my time is more valuable than someone who just got out of dental school mm-hmm.
0: and it's that's this. It's a truth. I love fillings, though, so that's the difference. But hey, that's
1: cool. You could do that. That's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. You know, to each his own. I probably need to um, charge so I, more, though. <laughs> so I just said, well, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I need to charge more for doing that. I'm not. I don't want to waste my time. And um, I, I, I want to do implants. I want to do ortho. I like doing the big. I like doing the more complicated stuff. And uh, so someone comes in. Yeah, I, I treatment plan them, and I say put them in um, the associate schedule, and then they don't have to treatment plan anything. They just walk in and.
0: Do their work. And that's kind of that's kind of paradise, to be honest. There's sometimes that's that's the way to do it. Because the other thing is calibrating treatment planning styles between people is not necessarily an easy thing. I think that's not as easy as, as everyone would like to believe. I think.
1: Oh no, not at all. And especially if you're younger, coming out of school, you don't you they, they're going to treatment plan things totally different than in a private practice.
0: I agree. I agree. And I mean, you can get there. Honestly, I've heard of people literally having meetings weekly. To calibrate like because i think that that kind of consistency when you're working with multiple people is probably a really good thing to have you know it, they've talked about you know sometimes uh on perio perio patients i will i'll chart them myself afterwards to verify that we're we're on the same page with them patients love that <laughs> they get probed yeah. twice <laughs> just, that is a huge huge practice builder right there the the double probing but i'll i'll go and check to make sure that we're thinking because because I've run into it where, I mean, I, I get irritated. I think a lot of times, uh, I don't know, you don't have to push that hard. In fact, you're probably not supposed to. That's all I'm saying. But that kind of calibration between operators is interesting. You know, everyone sees things in a different way. So I think that's valuable if you've got multiple people. It's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to build that out to where that that office can run and do dentistry and I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 kind of the end, end game for me.
0: That's cool. That's really cool. Well, okay, so you're... You're a dental guy at heart. That's you. You trained as a dentist, but you are clearly, as we've had you on the show, the dental hacks before. You have other obsessions. In fact, I'm interested to know: are you are you more interested now in non dental stuff, or or that's not non dental because some of it is related to dental, but like non clinical business stuff? Because you really seem geared to that. Like your presentation at the voices of dentistry with uh Jonathan Van Horn was freaking nuts. Everyone loved it. It was one of the one of the best reviewed presentations they had and we that we had. And like I didn't even know that about you. So tell me about that. Tell me about the the other stuff that you that you're into. I we're going to give uh, you the 90 second perfect pitch here in a minute. Just I'm just warning you. Just getting you ready for that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is the yeah,
0: you're priming the pump. I am um, priming the pump. It's exactly right.
1: I I'm into marketing. I do a lot of re, I do a lot of studying and marketing and taking a lot of marketing courses, which people you think like marketing course and it's, it's really salesy kind of slime ball kind of stuff. And it's, it's really not. Mm -hmm. Um, There are some marketing, I don't know, philosophies or psychology that you need to do that you need to implement in your advertising and your education of your patients that I, I think I get really into that part of it, you know, you, I guess persuading people, power of persuasion, persuading people with your words and, and being able to more fully communicate the value of your services. Um, and I think in the dental space, that is lacking. Um, I unless agree. You,
0: I agree. And I, I will say that having looked at the materials you put out, um, you have a better handle on that than most, to be honest. I used to have a good handle on that when I was blogging a lot. I don't I don't do it as much as I used to, but and I still have to say I find people who are able to get patients to do a lot of big stuff. I'm I'm baffled by the magic that they seem to have. And I I don't know if it's language or if it's I sometimes think it's just an air of confidence of people. Like in other words, I don't yeah,
1: think Yeah, I, I think so too.
0: I don't think Justin Moody has a hard time selling people implants. <laughs> yeah,
1: you got it. But and and if you if you got a hard time selling cases um it's probably more your confidence you know you got to mm-hmm. fake it till you make it mm-hmm. and so i've just faked it so
0: much that yeah. <laughs> my entire life is a lie but i can sell yeah, cases like crazy sham. yeah exactly yeah <laughs> all right are you ready for the 90 second perfect pitch no okay the 90 second perfect pitch was actually this was sean's idea i have to give him credit we I were talking t- like the with- idea I, the idea was mine. The name was definitely Sean's. and the idea Always,
1: always alliterate when applicable.
0: Exactly. The, the idea is um, a lot of the guests on this show are probably going to have products that they're selling. But more importantly, a lot of people may have ideas that they want to, to sell or put out there. And I thought to keep it from being too salesy, I would give them 90 seconds. And so that's what we're calling the 90-second perfect pitch. You've got a minute and a half to sell the Allen Mead Experience audience anything you want. An idea, a product, a service, a used car, whatever you like. But you have to stop when you hear my ass. Uh, uh. Welcome to the 90-second perfect pitch. Ready, set,
1: go. All right, so reviews are the new thing in the dental community. If you're not getting reviews on Google, Facebook, and Yelp, you are being left behind, okay? You need to get reviews that's gonna help your search engine optimization, and you're gonna get new patients just by having more and better Google reviews just in your search results and uh, uh, Facebook reviews uh, from your community and friends. So I went out and built a company because I didn't wanna pay hundreds of dollars a month. So I started a company, autofrontoffice.com, to just get reviews for your dental office, uh, autofrontoffice.com, or you can text "dental reviews" all one word to the number four four two two two. Basically, all it is is asking your patients for feedback after they've been in your office. Send them an email or a text, and if it's good feedback, then you direct them to Google, Facebook, and Yelp to leave their reviews and promote your practice. If you want to avoid getting bad reviews, if they say, look, I didn't have a good experience, then it leads them to a feedback form that only your office is going to get. So it avoids uh, getting more bad reviews. It filters those bad reviews out. And so you're more likely to only get good reviews. This is great because it also gives you feedback on how to improve your office. And with only you knowing. So auto front
0: office wow that was horrible that was horrible that was no that was very nicely done i like that being that you are literally the first person that's run the uh run the gamut run the what's what's the word i'm looking for you've run Uh, the gauntlet the first one to have run the gauntlet you did very well your timing was really good like you came up to the end right about at the end i like that there's so much to
1: talk about with reviews but you know, I'm not going to keep going on about it. And I
0: know but, that I'm not, I, I, I didn't interrupt, but anything like this, the difference between you and everyone else is what? Because lots of people are doing this. I know the answer to this, by the way, but what is the difference?
1: Uh, the price. Oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, not you just cut me off if we ever talk about too much stuff, but it, my stuff is $59 a month. And I was paying I was paying a service two hundred and fifty dollars a month for the exact same thing. It's ridiculous.
0: OK, so I, and that's honestly, that's the money shot right there. You don't even need to say much more than that because everyone was waiting for. OK, because unfortunately or fortunately or whatever, this feels like a, a commodity at this point, because there's a lot of companies out there doing this like get and maybe maybe they have different ways of doing it right but the bottom line is that that, that, that's a value that's a that's a pretty darn good price i have to say so uh, yeah it's arguably i mean we're talking a percentage of what you're going to get you know pay wise and and so you're working with which softwares right now too you've got i think you've got a couple on board and more coming is that right uh what do you mean like within the, don't don't you pull the information right off of their practice management software?
1: Oh, yeah. So we integrate with Dentrix, Open Dental, and we're going to be integrating with EagleSoft, Eaglesoft here pretty yeah. soon. Okay, so
0: yeah. that's a huge majority of people are using. Very cool. That's awesome. But I that I thought you did great. I'm very excited that we were able to to try that out. That was very cool. I And yeah. uh, I'm hoping. Uh, listeners, if you think that's kind of a fun thing where, because not only is it a, a way to limit someone who might be awfully salesy, Sean's not really like that, but. But it's also it's it's the elevator pitch. They have to come up with their with their their point in in a relatively short time. So I'm enjoying the hell out of that. So. Yeah. So I I guess I want to I want to go full circle here a little bit because um you are a you are a Michigan grad, correct? From from yes, sir. And you're that's undergrad and dental school, right? Yeah, two times over. Okay. Okay. So I know that there's a lot of new grads probably listening to this, or or even dental school students. And I've always thought it was kind of funny to talk about. Uh, Talk about dental school. So, what was? But your experience at Michigan was probably pretty good. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah, it was decent.
0: I mean, nothing, nothing too crazy. I I got hazed a lot at the University of Minnesota, but but I was I was weak and I was I was an easy target. I think.
1: I I didn't really. I just kind of kept to myself and.
0: Yeah, I just kept my head down. That's the thing. There were always those people who did, who knew, uh, who knew what they were doing, and made it look easy. And then there was me. I just tried to. I tried not to be noticed as much as possible.
1: (laughs) So here's a funny story from dental school. Uh, so I'm the kind of the computer guy, and um, do you remember a TV show on Fox called The OC? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So The OC comes out in this in the first season, and we're like, wow, this is really popular. I know how to download these episodes and burn them onto DVDs. <laughs> why, why don't I sell the DVDs of the first season of The OC on eBay? And it was like I had. CD, you know, DVD one, two, three, and 4, and uh, they were doing the season finale. And uh, I said, wow, this, is, this last episode is going to fit all on five DVDs. I'm going to market this, put it on eBay. And the night after uh, <laughs> the season finale of season one of The O.C. comes out, the next day I had a listing on eBay for season one of The O.C. And it was right around Christmas time. And so I think we sold about 20 sets of those for roughly three hundred dollars each
0: oh my god i love it you're a freaking criminal that's yeah that was that was pretty funny did you get Um, any phone calls from like the fbi or anything like that we did did you really what happened yes uh
1: they sent us a cease and desist letter uh (laughs) it was from fox from from fox's lawyers so the 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 funny part of this story ha 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 ha,
0: is uh, (laughs) hilarious
1: Is uh, so I had some DVD authoring software. Yeah, and I made these menus. I put the theme song in. The menus were moving. The font looked like on the TV show. I mean, it looked. It was a professional gig. Okay, mm-hmm. the DVDs weren't just written on with a sharpie. They were they were designed and stamped, and so they looked. They, they looked, looked nice. all of official. Had, they looked official. And yeah, they had DVD cases. Like they just got them from China. It was amazing, and
0: so. <laughs> Uh, this was American made, though. I mean, you could almost yeah. kind of promote that. Is this is? So this, is, yeah. So uh, <laughs> this so copyright we... infringement comes from the good old U.S. of A.
1: So I stopped doing this. Okay, I stopped
0: doing it <laughs> last week.
1: Um, no, I, you know, now I don't do I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. But um, what was funny was after we sold those, then I saw another listing on eBay for the same thing, and I and I looked at it and I said. What the heck? That guy copied my DVD copy. I
0: mean, he- <laughs> so someone copied my copy. What well, the heck? Guys, the best thing is, it's like it's like that's like the lesson learned. There's always someone who's who's a worse human being than you are. Yeah, <laughs> that so that's so awesome. Copy, so he copied your copy. Did he sell them for more?
1: That. Uh, no. That's why I was like, what the heck? This guy's undercutting me. No way. <laughs> With and, my own product? Yes. Yeah. yeah exactly it is, like it i, I, I went in to create that
0: exactly exactly i put my creative energy what, what is funny though is like it's sort of a lesson on digital everything right because basically that's that's the good and the bad part about having a digital business is that a it doesn't cost anything to scale it up i mean it costs nothing right like a, right but on the other hand anyone can do it anyone can steal yeah. it it's it's out there and you know shoot, I'm a podcaster. Everything we put out there is free and can be copied and can be... It's amazing. You'll see, like, all these different um, all those different websites and different companies put podcasts out, and and all you have to do is is post your podcast at iTunes, and basically every fly-by-night, you know, a podcasting index has it. And it's, it isn't, you know... It's not stealing, per se, and I'm fine with that. Great, we're listed all over the place. But it is funny when you Google the podcast... And it comes up all over the place. The you know I had nothing to do with that. All I did was put an MP3 on a website, and and it you know, basically everything else gets taken care of. It's just a yeah. a lesson yeah. that di- nothing digital, nothing's really sacred, and and yeah. everything can be copied when it's digital, right down to plagiarizing blog posts and stuff like that. It's kind of nuts, I, actually.
1: I think my from my perspective, I'm not into it. I wasn't into it for the money or
0: it was the fame.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, it was it was more like can i build th- or can i create this that makes it look like something else
0: interesting um
1: kind of like can i can i can i build this can i make this so this and-
0: is, that's been sort of your your thing then for a while like this whole you're, this whole you have an idea and can you can you make it happen
1: yeah yeah i mean that's what the review you know auto front office i really i like practice in a pod okay that's a website mm-hmm. that aggregates podcasts but mm-hmm. i did it because I wanted something to, to reference, and so I built it for me. Auto front office, I built it because I didn't want to pay 250 bucks a month for something that I knew what the algorithm was. I know what the procedure is, and I know that if if this, then that, I know what to do, the decision tree. So I'm just going to build it, and I know it's not $200 a month. It's ridiculous.
0: I'm, so. I'm curious, though. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people say, well, I could never do that because I don't. I don't know computers that well. I don't know like how much how much of what you do is is more on the creative side, where you're, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night with an idea. Or my thing, I have to say, is like in the shower. <laughs> like I, yeah, my best ideas are in the shower, which is very inconvenient because you you can't write. You have to like write it in shaving cream or something because you can't you can't. <laughs> that's the one place you can't record it or write it or anything like that. But like, how much of it is like idea power versus how much of it is technical execution?
1: I think I think most of it is idea. Most of it is idea power because because how how are you going to get the technical part executed? And that's where the kind of creativity comes in. You could do all this. You could say, well, if this if this scenario, then do this, or if this other scenario, then do this. But if you sit down and 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 think about it, you know, what is the best or quickest or fastest way or least amount of steps? That's where, that's where I think the, the, the real power. So the, so the the technical, the
0: technical muscle is just, is, is more an afterthought. And if you can't figure it out, you'll have someone do it is what you're saying. Is that, is that, would that be accurate?
1: Oh yeah. And I didn't do auto front office on my own. I, I, I reached out to, um, I'm a client of divergent dental Mm -hmm. and they do, um, metrics, KPIs reporting for your office Mm -hmm. and, um, the guy that owns that, uh, Kevin Rossen, Yep. um, I reached out to him. He was one of the, sp- so I reached out to him to be a sponsor of voices of dentistry, 2017 mm-hmm. and uh, I met him and I said, Hey Kevin, I want, I had this idea. Do you want to partner on it with me? And he said, absolutely. And after working with him, um, I just come to realize he's a really good guy. So, um, yeah, he does the, he does the programming. Part,
0: isn't it and funny he- how, isn't it funny how, uh, how magic like interesting sort of let's be honest weird people meeting weird people tends to make some magic you know like in other words people that like the voice of dentistry meeting and we've talked about this ad nauseum but the voice of dentistry meeting was magic i've never been to a meeting that felt like that ever i've never been like i was tired at the end because it was just go 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 but honestly, I couldn't sleep the whole damn weekend. I couldn't sleep because I just there was just so much going through my head. Not only were the presentations great, but like more of the meeting was outside of the presentations, just having these people that came together. And I honestly, the 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 main thing that that ran, but you know the the one thing that everyone had in common was that they, they listened to dental podcasts. That was it, really. And and there was magic there, right? Like now, are now, just, that, are you just like, are you just like?
1: Priming the pump again to to talk about Voices of Dentistry 2018?
0: Probably, but I guess... Mark my, your
1: calendars in January 26th and 27th, exactly, 2018. Exactly.
0: It's the, the weekend before the Super Bowl, as our friend Dr. Mark Costas likes to say. So, yes, that is happening, people. So you need to mark your calendars. It's, it is happening. More details to come soon. My point being, it was... When you get people like that together, stuff tends to happen. Like, I, I was laughing because... Yeah, so much good, so much...
1: So many ideas from my from me came out of that meeting, just from that meeting. And, yes, uh, actually, auto front office came out of that meeting
0: exactly, and I, I could kind of tell that. But like for instance, uh, yesterday or two days ago, Doctor Don Kulingowski, huge dental hacks. Everyone loves her on dental hacks. She's on the brain trust all the time. She's a friend of mine. She's also from Michigan. She spun off a um, kind of a group. If you're if people are interested in it on Facebook, And, of course I don't have the name, but it, it came basically came from it came from the Dental Hacks Nation group. And, and it was, she and a couple other people sort of pushed her to do one because she's really, she's really good at, at, at stress management and, and, uh, mindfulness and stuff like that. That's really kind of her, her thing. And she spun a group off, but it wouldn't have happened if about three or four other people from the dental hacks nation didn't kind of push her into doing it. And it, so it's like, I think, I think one of the things about podcasting I love so much is that it sort of draws interesting people together. And, and that's the classic thing that voices of dentistry did like, I liked Justin yeah, Moody it's good, from it's his good podcast. Together. Yeah, I liked Justin Moody from his podcast before I met him. I love him now. I think he's like the greatest guy ever, right? Like, yeah, meeting he's him in awesome. person, the in person part of it really adds. I mean, like, you'd think, you know, these are the voices between your ears, right? You listen to all these podcasts, you, you know them, but then actually meeting them in person is like, it's like meeting your best, the best band, your favorite band. You know, it'd be like. So if you
1: could, if you could describe the voices of dentistry meeting in one word, what would your one word be? Oh man,
0: I'm not any good at this stuff.
1: Because I got a word. This is the word that I'm thinking. Let's hear it. Accessibility.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Accessibility. I, I think is-
1: you're you're able to get up close and personal with these people that if you just see them on Facebook or just see them in their courses or just hear them on the podcast. You think that they're just some superstar that's doing something that's totally out of your realm, but at the Voices of Dentistry, it was sit down and talk with these people and you you are able to meet them face-to-face and they're accessible, and I, I thought that was much more powerful than just having a meeting with classes.
0: I agree. I agree, and honestly, most of the dental podcasters are not, you know, we're not talking, we... We didn't start out as Frank Spear. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, we didn't, none of these people, a lot of these people are just kind of people that really wanted to do a podcast. And, and to some extent, that's what we are now. We're, you know, people know us as podcasters, but we're not. But what I'm going to tell you is that Voices of Dentistry, people heard about this meeting, like, like big people (laughs) heard about this meeting. And one of the magic things was that not only did we have podcasters that people like to listen to, but we have people. That want to be interviewed by podcasters that are going to make a point of being there. So what the accessibility is going to go beyond just the podcasters. It's going to be we're going to have a like Dr. Corey Glenn, who is you know he's basically becoming a pretty huge superstar in the dental space, particularly the uh, you know guided implant surgery and all that stuff. He was there and he was just he was there the first day, just walking around, and he got interviewed by a bunch of podcasters because that's what podcasters want to do when you're face to face. Why not? So one of the goals that I have. Is to to bring in these key opinion leaders to come to the meeting and just you know have them wear jeans in a polo you know like the, the, they can put their feet up they don't have to present but I guarantee you if they show up they're going to get interviewed so hard that they, <laughs> they they won't even be able to take a breath so the few Ooh, I'm
1: going to interview you so hard yeah I'm going to
0: interview you so hard man that's exactly what it was though I mean well you talked <laughs> yeah. you talked to Dr Tom Larkin uh, or or Bale they were exhausted by the end of the day they had to have been regretting wearing ties and suits I have to say that but Uh, because everyone interviewed him right and that was sort of I'd love to say that that was my idea it wasn't it just sort of happened right I mean like so I there was a lot of that sort of magic that happened at the voice of dentistry and I I hate to brag on it but it is one of the prouder things that that I've done I mean it's it's kind of awesome so that that is coming I love that you know we're
1: going we're going late but there was even uh, so you were asking me about the technical thing you know, I didn't even get into um, – I'm going to change gears here because I don't think you know this, but when we first met, this was, what, three years ago? Yeah,
0: yep, at Garg's course in Chicago.
1: It, was that three years ago or
0: four? I, well, it was not anyway, it was not four. It was at three or less, to be honest.
1: It must have been just th- – yeah, th- maybe three years ago. Um,
0: we, we've known it each two, other. It was two years ago that I took – I went to the Dominican Republic in May. So it was two years ago, dude, like just over two years ago.
1: Uh, yeah, it was winter. Yeah. And it was winter. Yeah. Um, so just, yep. just over two years ago. Um, cause I think we, we met in, uh, December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so just over uh, maybe two and a half years ago we met mm-hmm. and you said that you did, uh, your website on WordPress Yep. and two and a half years ago, I had never done a WordPress website ever. Really? Really? It was because you said that you did WordPress and did blog posts, and, uh, and I was changing my uh, website over, um, and I paid $1,000 a month for a year to this company to build my website, and it was a template. It was a WordPress template. I was so pissed. Yeah. And after that, I said, I'm not paying $1,000 a month. I'm going to do it myself, and that's how I got into knowing that stuff was just because you had mentioned WordPress, and now so, I've got – I built uh, Practice in a Pod – I built uh, my own website. I'm doing this lead generation with uh, lead pages, and um,
0: you're also doing the Alan Mead Experience website. Uh, or, yeah, or at least, the at least you, you were you were consulted on that. It must be very frustrating to you that I I turned you on to WordPress. Yet I'm so freaking clueless about how to do any of this stuff. But
1: I guess my point is saying I'm I don't have like years of experience doing this. Um, and everything is freely available online to learn it how to really do it.
0: It really is. It really is. YouTube so, YouTube's a huge reason. You don't even have to pay to learn how to do this stuff. It's just a matter of, of kind of doing the work. That's And that's a challenge, honestly, to dentists because what Sean is saying is, I think what you're saying is, I I mean, you technically are are pretty quick on that stuff, but it's kind of no excuse for someone to say, well, I couldn't do that. I don't have the technical acumen.
1: And here's the great thing. Someone came up to me at Voices of Dentistry saying that I said on someone's podcast Oh, go ahead and do your own website. I built mine. You can do it. Just go and do it. This person came up to me and said, Because I heard you on a podcast to saying that I could do it, I so I just went and did it. And I said, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you actually listened to me. Like why would you do that? That is <laughs>
0: I, this is I know not nothing. responsible. I know. This well, is so
1: irresponsible.
0: It is. It is. It's funny too, because once you once you start developing an audience, you, you almost have to you have to realize what you're saying someone might hear. I mean, Clearly, it hasn't, hasn't really slowed Jason and I down very much, but but, yeah. but I mean, it's—, it's You uh, don't think about that. No, I mean, I tend not to think about it. I, I don't worry about it too much, but uh, what I am thinking but, about is the fact that we're out of time.
1: We didn't even talk about the dental feed.
0: I know. I know. Well, oh you, have to, you have to come back on again, then. You do, okay. Do, do another 90-second 90, 90 perfect pitch. Hey, awesome. listen, Dr. Sean Vandeviver, thank you so much for being the inaugural guest on the alameda Experience and, Thanks for uh, having me. We will talk to you again very soon. If you have questions or comments about the Allen Meat Experience, please drop me an email at allen at theallenmeatexperience dot com and check the website out at theallenmeatexperience dot com.